Hey guys, welcome to another episode of True Crimes and Weird Times. I'm Kim, and unfortunately Ashley couldn't be with me today, so you guys have to just listen to me solo. Sorry about that. But today, I will be telling you about Lauren Hugelmeyer Phelps, a 29-year-old woman that was killed by her husband after he supposedly took too much cold medicine. Hugelmeyer was born June 9, 1988, to her parents, Lori and Dale Hugelmeyer, and they lived in Kentucky. She was one of three girls, and their family was very close, as well as being very religious and traditional. Growing up, Lauren went to middle school with a boy named Matthew Phelps. Now, they may have been friends through school, they may have just been kind of acquaintances, but they did know each other. We just don't know how close they were at the time. In high school, Matthew transferred to another school, and then eventually Lauren graduated and moved to Riley, North Carolina, so they kind of went their separate ways. But later on, sometime in their mid-20s, Matthew reached out to Lauren on Instagram to catch up. And one thing led to another, as it often does in those DMs, and eventually the two were in a long-distance relationship since Matthew still lived in Kentucky. After doing the long-distance thing for a while, Matthew eventually moves to Raleigh to be with Lauren. Now, Lauren's family initially was very welcoming to Matthew. They were happy that Lauren was happy. She seems to have found this great guy. He doesn't judge her for anything she's got going on. He just loves her. And her family was happy about that. I mean, who wouldn't be? He just seemed like a great guy and a good match for Lauren. Although, the family, especially Lauren's father, did show some hesitation about the couple after learning that Matthew had already been divorced at this point. And they're pretty young. I mean, they're mid-20s, so a divorce that early was kind of a red flag to especially Lauren's father. But despite the wariness her father felt, Lauren and Matthew eventually were engaged in 2015, And they were married in 2016 with their Star Wars-themed wedding, which they were both huge fans. They had this big nerd wedding, which I can totally relate to because I'm a huge nerd, too. So that's super cute. And from the outside, they appeared to be just this perfect couple. But in the early morning hours of September 1st, 2017, just 10 months after their wedding... 911 dispatchers received the following call. This is great. 911, what's the address? Okay, just repeat that address to make sure we have it right. Patuxent Drive, Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay, and what is your first and last name? Phone number you calling from? Phone number. Yes, sir. Tell me exactly what happened. I think I killed my. What What do you mean by that? What happened? I had a dream, and then I turned on the lights, and she's dead on the floor. 
How? How? I'm I have blood all over me, and there's a bloody knife on the bed, and I think I did it. Okay. Give me. All right, stay on the phone with me. I'm getting her ambulance. Okay. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. When did you, when did you wake up to find this? Well, I don't even know what time it is. Alright, stay on the phone with me, sir. I just gotta ask you a few questions, okay? I'm getting some help to you. Are you with are you with the patient now? Yeah, I can see you. Okay. Alright, how old is the how old is the patient? How's your She's twenty nine. Okay. Is she is she awake at all right now? What makes you think she's dead? Is she awake? She's not breathing. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, do you think she is beyond beyond any help? I don't know. I don't I'm too scared to get too close to her. Okay, just stay on the phone with me, sir. I'm 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 here with you. I'm here with you. I'm so scared. Alright, I've already sent the paramedics to help you, okay? I'm sending someone to assist you. Just please leave everything as you found it. Is there anything else we can do for you, sir? Where's, where's the knife right now? Knife's on the bed. I'm not next to it, so I'm not... I don't have a weapon on me or anything like that. Okay. When did you, when did you wake up? I don't know. I don't know. I took I took more medicine than I should have. What medicine did you take? I took I took horse eating cough and cold horse eating cough and cold because I know it can make you feel good so. A lot of times I can't sleep at night. Okay. Took some. All right, so this is. What is it? What are you sure she's not breathing? She's not moving. Oh my god. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay here with you. Okay, just, just I, let's let's at least see if she's breathing. Okay. So All right. Let's invite her. Yeah. Just, can you see her from where you're at? Yeah, it's so bad. There's okay. so much blood. Okay, all right. I'm gonna stay here on the phone with you until help gets there, okay? Um, just don't don't touch anything. Just look at, is she, is she breathing at all? Is her chest moving? Is anything going on with her? No. Okay, well, we're gonna, we're gonna leave. Blood is dried on me. Is she dried? The blood's not wet on me. The blood is dry. <laughs> so I don't okay. Know when, I don't know what. I, oh my god. All right. Well, at least look, we're gonna at least try to help her. Okay. All right. Just give me this. All right. I've already sent the paramedics to help you. Just stand alone. I'm gonna tell you exactly what to do next. Okay. Are Are you right by her? Oh my god. I mean, I can see her, but oh my god. <laughs>
stay with me, sir. I, I know I know this is upsetting, but we were going to try to do what as much for as you can. If, if you're not sure that she's gone, we're going to try to help her, okay? So just listen carefully. Oh, I mean, just stay, listen, okay, sir? Or just, just look at her right now. Is, is the king. Tell me what you see. Is she is the chest moving? Is she breathing? Anything at all? I understand, sir. I understand, but right now we just want to make sure we're doing as much as possible. Is there anyone else at, at all in the home with you, or is it just you and her? Where, where are you in the house? Where are you in the house, sir? I'm in the back of the house. There's a white on Okay, well... Alright, is the door unlocked? I don't know. Can you, can you go do that for me, sir? That way the paramedics can get in. Can, are you able to do that? Yeah. Okay, go ahead and don't, go ahead and stay on stay on the phone with me. Go ahead and unlock the door, okay? What'd you say, sir? Go ahead and unlock the door. Let me know when she's done that, okay? Let me know when the door's unlocked. <laughs> Okay. All you said, officers are there. I'm gonna let. Okay, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go. Now, some of that call is kind of hard to hear in certain places, but what you're hearing is Matthew Phelps call in to say that he thinks he has killed his wife. He says that he had a dream that she was dead, and. He woke up covered in blood and he had a knife on the bed with him. He found Lauren dead in the floor of their bedroom. He says that he thinks that he did it, but he doesn't remember. He claims that he took too much Coridison cough and cold medicine to, quote, make him feel good because he has trouble sleeping sometimes. And basically he's saying, I don't remember killing her. I think I killed her. There's blood everywhere. I don't know what happened. I was too hyped up on cough medicine, basically. Police arrive to the Phelps home to find Lauren lying in a pool of blood on the floor of their bedroom. She was rushed to the hospital, but 29-year-old Lauren Phelps was pronounced dead. The autopsy revealed she had been stabbed 123 times, with most of the wounds being on her head, neck, and chest. Now, 123 wounds, stab wounds, cuts, other injuries, that seems excessive for something you can do while asleep, even under the influence of drugs. And police were pretty much on the same page as where I am. Immediately at the scene, police could tell that something was off about just everything, the knife was on the bed, exactly where he said it would be. The cold medicine was on the bathroom counter, just like he said it would be, right where it should have been. 
But investigators said that it all seemed very staged. Like, it didn't look as if the cough medicine had been left out. It looked as if it had been sat there. Or the knife didn't look like it had been, you know, casually tossed on the bed. It had been placed on the bed. Just little things that kind of made them stop and go, hmm. And on top of that, Matthew had very little blood on him when police arrived, which can only mean one thing. Matthew had cleaned himself up before calling 911 about his wife, which is definitely not something I think I would do if I were panicking, thinking I had just killed my spouse in my sleep. I'm not going to go, oh, let me go change clothes and get all the blood off me before I call for help. But maybe that's just me, you know. Investigators also said he showed very little emotion that night or even the next day during his interviews. He didn't even shed a tear. And this is when police really started digging into Matthew Phelps and his life. Matthew had a rough childhood growing up, living with his grandparents rather than his single mom, who was only around occasionally. His father was completely absent from his life, and his mom did have a few stepfathers around for him, but he never really bonded with any of them. When he got to high school, he started hanging out with a pretty bad crowd and eventually got into drugs and alcohol, specifically Coridison cough and cold medicine meaning he had lots of experience with this drug and he knew what it would make him feel like and he absolutely abused it as a teenager. So he was very aware of what this medicine would do when taken in excess. Well, in high school, Matthew's drug problem grew worse and remember how I said he transferred schools in high school? That was actually his grandparents pulling him out of public school to send him to a private Christian academy. They were hoping to get him away from these people who were a bad influence and get his life back on the right track so that maybe he wouldn't end up, you know, a drug user or a bum or, you know, whatever that parents worry about their kids becoming. They, they were just trying to help him get back on the right track. And it seemed to work because his grades improved and he graduated. He even attended college. So, you know, from his grandparents' standpoint, he's improving. He's got his life together. He is doing great. They don't have to worry about him anymore. So that's kind of where Matthew Phelps started. That was his childhood, which anytime you're living with grandparents and you have absent parents, it's going to leave some kind of lasting mark on you as a person. That's not to say it's an excuse, but we can kind of start to see where these things maybe started coming from or when the problem started. Now, as police were investigating, they discovered that not only were the newlyweds having marital issues, but Lauren was actively planning to leave Matthew. You see, Lauren was a hard worker who worked multiple jobs to stay financially stable, including leading the youth group at her church, working as an auditor for this company called Quintiles, and she sold Scentsy products. Whereas Matthew disliked working and had trouble finding and keeping jobs. He would get a new job, work for a short period of time, and then suddenly leave the job with little to no explanation for Lauren. In addition to not working, 
Matthew had a spending problem. He would spend money well beyond the couple's means on electronics, on games, on Xbox accounts, on just all sorts of frivolous things that he didn't actually need. He even went so far as to steal money from their savings account or out of Lauren's purse. I read in several sources that before they got married, Lauren had about $10,000 saved up. However, after they got married, Matthew had quickly drained that account down to only about $1,000. Now, remember, they were only married for 10 months. As the couple is fighting and arguing over money, this is when Matthew, probably as like a last-ditch effort to prove he was quote-unquote trying, decides to go to school to study to become a pastor. His goal is to preach at the church that Lauren is a youth group leader at. But the money and the employment problems weren't the only strain on their marriage. Matthew was also allegedly having an affair as well. The couple had a neighbor named Valerie that Matt would spend lots of time with, even at one point canceling dinner plans with Lauren to hang out with Valerie instead. He actually texted her, Go ahead and have dinner without me. I'm having too much fun with Valerie. Just what the audacity of this man. But I will save my rant for another time. As most people know, when someone is cheating, they can begin to project that jealousy and that insecurity onto their spouse. Which means Matthew became very jealous and very distrustful of Lauren, accusing her of having feelings for other men. He was starting fights with her. He was always jealous. Just, you know, the kind of things that people will accuse you of when they've been cheating. Sometime during this period, when the couple was fighting about not only money, but now also Matthew's jealousy and his possible affair, the quote-unquote truth came out about Matthew's first marriage. Matthew explains away all of these jealousy issues and insecurities by telling Lauren that his first marriage had actually ended after his ex-wife went on a missionary trip. She apparently met a man while on this trip. She fell in love with him. And then when she came back home, she left Matthew for this other man. And this had left him extremely insecure, and this is why he had such a hard time trusting Lauren. However, after the murder, Matthew's ex-wife actually came forward to say that this was a complete lie. In fact, she left him for doing the same things he was doing to Lauren. He was spending beyond their means, he was refusing to contribute to their household, and he cheated on her repeatedly. Now, before her death, Lauren had eventually confided in her family that Matthew was very controlling. She told them about the money problems, and she mentioned at least to her sister about the suspected cheating. But because of her religious beliefs, Lauren wanted to really try and make this marriage work. She was trying to save divorce as a very last resort. But in fact, the night Lauren died... She had told her sister just hours before that she was finally done. She was going to leave Matthew. And then, shockingly, 
just a few hours later is when Lauren was killed. So not only do we have a very clear picture now of Matthew being abusive and cheating on her and having money issues, not contributing, just not being a good person. Not only do we have all that evidence, we have the evidence that she was about to leave him, which abusers don't normally like. Now, I'm calling him an abuser, although I have absolutely no evidence that Matthew ever physically abused Lauren. But you don't actually have to get physical with someone to be abusive. So just keep that in mind. Now, if all of that wasn't evidence enough, police then found the most disturbing evidence yet. Matthew had a secret Instagram account. Matthew had this second Instagram account under the name Marty Radical. This page is actually still up, but it is private. So you can't see any of the content, but it still exists, which there's just something kind of creepy to me about about seeing a murderer's social media. I don't, it's like a glimpse into their mind. I, I kind of want to see what he posted, but I also don't think I do really want to see the things that he posted. What we do know about things that he posted on this page is that he had multiple screenshots posted from his favorite movie, American Psycho, which if you've never seen it, it is about a man who's just kind of this normal guy who starts killing people. Which, if you've never seen it, it's about this seemingly normal average guy who we slowly learn is actually a dark, twisted serial killer. Matthew was obsessed with this movie, and he idolized the main character, Patrick Bateman, even to the point of posting pictures of himself dressed up as this fictional murderer. He had also reportedly told his friends that he wondered what it would feel like to kill someone. Additionally, the last post made to his secret Instagram account was captioned, quote, Everyone thinks I'm a serial killer. Hashtag found an angel to kill. They also found Google searches on his phone for things like, how loopy does Cora Cedron make you? Meaning he was clearly planning to use the medicine as an excuse before he ever killed her. And in fact, when they tested Matthew for drugs in his system, the level of Cora Cedron in his blood was so low that it couldn't have caused dizziness or hallucinations as he claimed it had. When faced with all of this evidence against him, especially the, the blood report of the drugs in his system, Matthew was really left with no choice but to accept a plea deal. This plea deal would take the death sentence off the table. And Matthew changed his plea from not guilty to guilty of first-degree murder. On October 5th, 2018, Matthew Phelps was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. He apologized to Lauren's family at the sentencing, but they said that it means nothing to them and they will never forgive him for this. And really, who can blame them? Matthew Phelps fooled all of them. He was abusive and manipulative towards his wife and others for years. And when Lauren finally decided to leave him, 
he brutally murdered her and tried to blame it on cold medicine. Many of the sources I used for this case refer to Matthew as a monster, and in his own words, at his sentencing hearing, he spoke and said that he feels like a monster. And I have to say, guys, I'm inclined to agree with them. Thanks for listening. Like us on Facebook at True Crimes and Weird Times Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at True Crimes Weird Times. Email us your stories at truecrimesweirdtimes at gmail.com. Can't wait for the next episode? Check out our Patreon for bonus episodes and more. And if you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Bye!